Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's March 19th, 2023, and we have a huge week of cannabis legalization news for it. You can find me at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com, and the main story today has to do with how the UN is telling the United States that it is out of compliance with international law and needs to tell those states to stop legalizing it. And we have some more federal news from the Biden administration, news out of New York, news out of New Hampshire, news out of the SEC, a study regarding news out of Kentucky, and a hearing in Germany. That happened on March 15th. It's a big cannabis legalization this week. Let's get into it. What's up, Miggy? What's up? Wow, I've been better. So I may be a little sluggish today because I just had surgery on Friday. So mm. see how it goes. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that your gallbladder is being fixed. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's gone too, man. Life's better. But yeah, hey, how about that? Send it into the shop and then it comes back. Yeah, got it for a tuna. The older you get, the more things you get swapped out. Yeah. I just want to thank all those people that are legalization aficionados joining us. We have some. Yes. Our story has to do with the United Nation directing the United States 
to stop legalizing it as it is now out of compliance with international law, ironically enough, international law that the United States helped to make. That doesn't say, it's a, like you said, ironically enough, if you go to the tweet, it says press release, International Narcotics Control Board expressed concern over the trend to legalize non-medical use of cannabis use contravenes the 1961 single convention on narcotics drugs. So, I mean, that's our propaganda. That was the propaganda they put out in 1961. Yeah. The, why, my thing is like, why is it really the UN, the UN making the stink of this when they get just reevaluate that the situation at all that maybe we were wrong. Maybe America maybe we was need a- to revisit our drug treaties more than once every let's say it was nineteen sixty one when they revisited that. So before we'd even isolated THC as a chemical. Yeah. And then the whole international process is like the Spider Man meme where everybody's pointing at each other, right? Because who just recently came to their descheduling thing and I think they said it's still up in the air, which is ridiculous, right? We have all these patents and all this research. Like, what, what are you really questioning? What are you really seeking? I guess it's compliance with the law. They said that they're out of compliance with the law, as the 1961 single convention maintains prohibition is the law of the world when it comes to our favorite plant. Oh, you know what? I figured it out, dude. It's all laws are right. That's what it was. I'm totally wrong here. Like, all laws have been created, right? We should go back to separate drinking fountains and. All the other things that we've done. Or we should, the UN should amend their 1961 single convention treaty regarding illegal drugs and update it because it's been, if you were born in 1961, I believe you're 62 years old. So in 62 years, they have not updated international uh, drug laws, despite all the advances we've had in those 60 years. Most businesses do like yearly reviews. Why, why wouldn't they just do a review of these, uh, because the UN is just another man-made thing. They should have a regulatory view. It's like still having rules on, on the books for Windows 98. You're like, this is done. Like we can, nobody has this. Nobody, it's done. Yep. But they do have some, they had, it was a statement they put out. So it wasn't just, hey, you're out of compliance, United States. It mm. was more along the lines of, there's certain nuance. Simple decriminalization of possession without allowing sales may be consistent with a convention as far as it respects for the obligation to limit the use of drugs to medical and scientific purposes under the condition that it remains within certain limits set by the conventions. So it's the sale. It's the business. You have to, you can't have business when it comes to the cannabis industry because that is against the 1961 INCB, that is the International Commission, what was it? INCB? And again, they got to self-reflect. This rule is archaic and you might as well have a, a rule still out there on propeller car, airplane. No, but who's on this international narcotics control board anyway? That, that'd be the other question. Obviously, obviously, but I'd imagine some sort of scientists of some sorts, but what countries represented? What are they really asking? That's what I'm thinking. I don't know, but then the UN tweeted that they cannabis legalization moves driving consumption, psychotic disorders, according to the United Nations Drugs Control Board. That's a previous tweet from March 9th. Nate, propaganda alive and well being tweeted from the UN. We've seen this psychotic disorder propaganda coming out more and more lately. I think it's 
their way to stalemate the, the progress, the legalization, right? This is another boogeyman that we have to look out for. I don't know, man. I think I've been batshit nuts since I got into this cannabis stuff. I right. like sleep great at night. I exercise. Yeah, I try you to know, eat right. The thing is, it's not the plant, right? It's like you consume the plant, you're responsible for how you act, and then mm -hmm. it's the rules and how you get treated, right? The families that are hurt and harmed and the time that people lose just over this damn plant. Right. And so that's our lead story. The UN is telling us, the UN is telling the U.S. that they are out of compliance with the international treaty, the 1961 treaty that mandates that member nations must give effect and carry out the provisions of this convention within their own territories. And that, of course, made cannabis illegal at the global level. Global cannabis legalization news. They say, no, we don't want it. And again, that's an American export, right? This was something that was created within the administration at that time. It was not the UN side that thought this was no. a bad plan. It was the American side. There was America worried that all these hippies listening to jazz music will uh, start talking to the Russians and then boom, you couldn't kiss freedom goodbye because that's their methodology of thought back in 1961 for no good reason at all. Yeah, and no, they need to reevaluate. That's all. They do. They do need to reevaluate, but they would need to renegotiate this treaty. Maybe and the United States legalizes and then says, hey, United Nations, I know that we owe you a check, but you know what we need to do? We need to revisit this treaty that we have from 1961. It's really getting in the way of this industry that we have now. It's weird to have a, a, a prohibition as part of a treaty, though, right? Like, it's weird that this is a, we're going to do business with each other as long as you hate this plant that we hate. It just makes no sense, man. I don't get it. I don't, but then, well, okay, that's, that was our main story. So we covered that pretty good. What's in our next one? We got some bidden news. Bidden, also a strange and incorrect pronunciation of Biden. <laughs> What's out of the Biden administration this week? So they're making good on one marijuana policy so far. And I believe that's the, uh, let's see, let's scroll down. In a move that could signal Biden administration's commitment to federal rescheduling of marijuana, the U.S. Department of Justice is now accepting applications for pardons. So, yes, simple possession in federal or D.C. courts. And I know some people have, we, the joke was, right, that no one would, it's kind of like social equity, right? You're like, nah, no one's qualified for this. Who's qualified? But there are some people, man. And, and so right. I've seen people in my Facebook circles that are like, hey, I'm getting there. Double social equity, bro. I'm like, all right, get that yeah. application in. April 21st, $250. Roll the dice. And if somebody says they're going to be your partner, be like, look, I'll just play by myself. And then you can loan me the money. If I the business itself is, I think, very trepidatious. Because even as we get, if we get this license, that'd be interesting to see how we turn about. As I've been looking at Washington State's gardens and asking people, I'm surprised some of the people have been telling me that they're going to, like, they're, they want out. They've already... I don't think they've made their lottery ticket. I just think they're tired of maintaining and fighting all these regulations and it's very speculative industry still. It is. And you always have to be taking care of the plants because the plants don't care. They yeah. have needs. Hey, that some... was, uh, we're not done with that, that oh, sure, Biden story. The, they had some interesting aspects of his attorney general, Merrick Garland and the DOJ's policy towards the industry. Something is coming, and they said it was similar to what was done with the Cole Memorandum way back over 10 years ago now. 
or maybe 10 years ago, if it came out in 2013, from the Obama administration to state the federal policy objectives when it comes to enforcement of Schedule 1 THC, even though this one medicinal. Yeah. So there ain't a thin federal dime. That's one of the things that I'll have to shoot about how medical marijuana is basically legal. It's basically legal and then do why in the new studio of it. Again, it depends on your state. It depends on, because basically there's no basic jail. There's no money for the medical. And so provided that would, so they call everybody in Oklahoma is safer than they would have been. It's harder to prosecute anybody in Oklahoma because if they have a medical license, because there's no money in the federal government to prosecute those medical cases, unless you have an evidentiary hearing and you convince somebody that they're going outside of compliance with their license. Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice to grow and put something out for the, what to enforce, no funding towards it. Cause uh, there's still many arrests being done state by state too. Even Kansas. I know there's many cases that are going on that, you know, these people, the uh, governing bodies, the record keepers, whatever you want to say, they don't have, uh, here's all your marijuana cases. Cause you know, the marijuana cases, I hate when you talk, when you hear about marijuana cases and they refer to it as narcotics. Cause it's not, that's it's what, not. It, but that's what that, that treaty that we talked about at the beginning of the show was all about. It was yeah. the narcotics control board of the international United nation, the UN, and that was lumped in with weed. And so weed has been into the narcotics for decades until is, like we've, it's liberalized, but like, we're still, it's still a crime. But calling cannabis a narcotic is like calling a BB gun a bazooka. You know what I mean? There's just, it's not there. And why are we ruining lives and wasting time and just for a bad law? Matter of fact, the Biden administration is still going to pushing some bad policy. Yes. Let's turn to the next aspect of the Biden administration. We also have a story that is being broadcast by the marijuana moment. And Biden is proposing to keep blocking marijuana sales in D.C. in budget, despite calling for a new approach to cannabis. No adult I, use sales. No adult I, use sales in the Biden, in the nation's capital. And, I, and you know what, though? This is what most people don't understand about, uh, like, legislation and, like, the, the whole uh, getting votes in, in, in Congress and stuff, right? This is not him having a grudge against weed. It's him negotiating with Republicans who want to keep these rules local. For whatever reason, those R's are, want the you know, the fist on Washington, D.C. They don't want to make it a statehood or whatever. There's that, but then it's like the line has always been still this medical in the budget. It's still the defunding of the medical. If the Department of Justice was also defunded from enforcing the federal laws by that that budgetary writer, perhaps then they couldn't object. But considering the money's still there, they have to say, no, we can't do that. But then medicals, they have a medical program there. They just don't have an adult use program. But stickers too. You're right. Expensive stickers and t-shirts. But isn't DC though nice. federal land though, right? Is that federal grounds or mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. So right there, that's the problem, right? Because these people want to run this area of the capital per se and run the rules of people who live in Washington, DC suburbs. There's a whole great population there. I used to go there sometimes right there in the border of Maryland and it's just crazy how they don't, was there no representation? I know, but it, it's still, it's, we, this is where we have to ring Congress because in the report that they gave, 
Biden's budget request for FY 2024 does keep the longstanding appropriations rider that prevents the Justice Department from interfering in state and territory level medical cannabis programs that add to the medical cannabis programs still, they're basically legal because you can't, like if, yeah. imagine there's stop signs, but it is banned, like cops, there's not like any money in the coffers to enforce the stop signs. That stop sign is basically not there. It's just a sign that says stop, you don't have to listen to it. Sure. So same with the federal laws when it comes to at least the medical at the state level. They I think, haven't gone to the full adult use yet. I think that's the case though, but like also until the law enforcement starts seeing someone rake in a lot of cash, which happened here in Washington state because, because it was medical and that was the law of the land, a lot of people were not messed with. And it's part of the reason why they suspect Lance Gore was arrested and, and incarcerated because he didn't pay off the local cops as much as he should have or they yep, wanted. That's, that is not an isolated story in the DEA and or cops be fucking with the farmer news right. that, that it's much less now. Um, Lucas Sheroy was just raided almost three years ago, like in the height of COVID, like in 2020. Mm. And so that might come out and an opinion here in a few more months and we'll have a story about it with the limitations on the federal government with this Robocrafar amendment, which is still good for 2024. So like the motion to dismiss or whatever type of legal action they, they have a ruling on, it should be an interesting opinion, but I don't think that, I don't understand why there's still, because I guess he was found to be out of compliance or was he found convicted of federal law as opposed to state law? For the person you're just talking about? Or for Lance. your guy, Lance Glore, because oh, like the, the person we're talking about now, there's it's federal, but he hasn't been convicted yet. And so Lance didn't have the Robocker Far Amendment to hide behind. He just missed it by a year or two. But the most ridiculous part of Lance's trial was it was evidence obtained by state, like a, a what do you call it, a combination law enforcement where it's like state and federal people together. Mm -hmm. The Megs. So, yeah, task force. And so from that task force, these lame investigations. Went to a brick and mortar, got kicked, turned around because they didn't have the script. Got a script because they're old people too, backs and everything hurts. Went back, got access to the store, purchased weed through Bud Tenders. There was no like real like stakeouts and like they're drinking coffee and watching. No, man, they went to the store, acquired, like when I went to the trial, they just ruled out like a, a cart full of weed, like things that you would just like edibles and plants and clones and whatnot. And matter of fact, all that stuff sat so long. It was all like brown weed and stale. And it was really sad to see. Gross. Yeah. It was like, this is your evidence. This is mold, but boiled. Yeah. But Lance's trial though, the problem was it was state authorities that handed over evidence to the, D or the DEA. And so once the DEA had this evidence, they had to enact upon it accordingly. To, to the law enforcement. There's money for it. Yeah. And so they have the money to prosecute. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why if they make this change in the budget and they, the word medical right now is the only word that we really need to delete. We just need to delete the word medical because then if it's still state and territory level cannabis laws, All right. there you go. but they haven't done that. And cause that's basically tacit legalization. And then again, I think people are also still wrapping their head about this phenomenal plant that can be medicinal, recreational, and a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, it's, a, no, it's, it's got a lot that it can do for us.
A lot. And so much so that I think it's one of those deals where oh. we need to take a small break because it's 20 past the hour, which means that our main sponsor, 420 Somewhere, is going to bring you this short message. Oh, yes, it is 420 somewhere. And that somewhere is New York City, which is where you can now find our company, Collateral Base. Oh, shoot, I went too close. Nice. And so uh, help us out in, in our New York office that's brand flipping new. Why don't you leave us a review over there? You're turning in. You may be a client. And if you are, why don't you go over there and leave us a review? Really would help us out as we launch the new office. And hopefully one day, New York is open for normal people. I wouldn't hold your breath on it, but one day, hopefully normal people can apply for a cannabis license in the state of New York. I didn't speak in New York. We got New York news. Really? Yeah. New York cannabis agency sued by medical marijuana providers. This is a big one in the sense that the, the big boys, your Cresco, for example, that used to be called Columbia Care, they yeah. are now suing to get access because nobody's allowed in. Nobody's allowed into the New York right now unless you're super inside. So we're talking about five dispensaries or, or all that's open. And they're all justice involves. And so the justice involved was, a, you know how like your super social equity with the two prongs, very yeah. similar, but like unconstitutional in the sense you have to be from New York. So it violates the Dormant Commerce Clause, but yeah. also you have to be from New York and you have to own a business and had turned a profit in the past two years. There you go. That cuts out the vast majority of people, but at least they have this profitability criteria because sometimes you have to prove financial wherewithal to get into the industry. Now, well, if you have to do that, how come they're promising to give you a free dispensary as this card program? And there's not enough money to get all these card mm -hmm. programs. Now they're going to have 300 and there's enough money to build like 10. That, so again, this process has just been a foul for every state. I think the only state that did it okay was uh, New Mexico. They do the raffle, but no, New Mexico had, was open. New Mexico is more like yeah. Michigan or New Jersey. New Mexico, Michigan, and New Jersey. Good work. Like for states that had medical first, they should just let the medical providers jump into the recreational scene. Like, why is this not, why is this barrier imaginary? Because of the perceived value of the cash flows that are in legal cannabis. Now, remember, most of those cannabis companies do not turn a profit. You can look at the financial reports of at least like Curleaf, Trueleaf, GTI, and Cresco because they are publicly traded in Canada. And then just with the tax rate per state, like I think in Washington here, it's 30% or something insane, right? This is not a fair market for people competing against like, who want to be in hops or something like that. And like I was saying, we have like here in Washington, I was surprised to hear some of these growers that were just like ready to wash their hands. Like they have quality cannabis, but it's a tasking, daunting thing every day. Right. And as an agriculture product, you gotta be on point with it. Cause that's right. One bad plants don't give a shit. They care if well, you feed them. Yeah, if you treat them right. That's just what how you're supposed to do it. We got some more shitty New York news. More shitty New York news, everybody. Hang on. Let's do a shitty New York bumper. We need to go and find some more bumpers to freshen up the... Is this shitty New York news anything related to stocks? Or is it... It's about Bloomberg, right? 
Finger, yeah. Okay, yeah, we can call that about stocks. It's yeah. an LP. I think you're not allowed to buy it. Bloomberg think, News is reporting. It's Michael Bloomberg that's speaking. Oh, that's um, too bad. Yeah. 2,700 journalists and analysts covering the globe. Bloomberg says, what's that? I listen to Bloomberg. Oh, do you? I mean, it's a good information for business, but like the man himself is way out of touch, man. He's calling him out. He's like saying, hey, um, New York, you're legalizing it wrong. Yeah, but I don't think he has, because he's trying to make it like seem like there's this like fear mongering of like weed all over. Let's see, he pointed out to the city estimates that there are nearly 1,500 illegal pot shops across five bureaus with That's many recently advertised. What is he really concerned about the people in business? I think he's just really. They you know, didn't legalize it. They didn't put a, like a regulation in it. So he like says, it, and hurt children's by making it easy to buy an ounce of pot as it is a slice of pizza. Those illicit operators, do you think they're checking your ID? Yeah, th that product, was it tested? If they're doing a brick and mortar, I would imagine there, there are barriers to age, right? Like, again, that fear mongering with the pizza. Like, if you're but saying you don't it's have so a license, easy, you don't have a license. You're just selling the product without a license. They don't have the infrastructure either, the rules. You can't get a license unless you're yeah. one of those special people. And then you get a free license with a dispensary. And you're like, wait a minute. How does anybody get, a, how are you orderly making the licenses happen so that people can, who like those bodegas have a yeah. process to get a license? How is that going to happen? That's what I'm saying. The clusterfuck that's happening with their, the rollout is because there's people who are willing to create this network that are willing to understand the plant and willing and have put their ass on the line for whatever. Just give them a chance. Like they want to cry all this social equity BS about we're going to be the first, which is pretty much like their hemp program, right? With the hemp farmers came the first growers. But what about those guys who were growing like the outlaws? They deserve the break first, right? Like the whole point of legalization is not just uh, create like industry and market, but also these guys just want to be law-abiding citizens, people. That's all it is. If there's a fair tax, a fair rate for them to get in an industry somewhere, somehow, that's all it's about. Not any good weed will sell. Good period. weed can sell, but then you have to make weed good and the weed has to be good all the way until you hand it off to the end consumer. That is very difficult. Especially like selling it then too, like the marketing aspect of it. We can market a brand. People tune it. But and then if we had some weed money to market the brand, we could create an ancillary company called like an agency that it is just completely not hopefully subject to IRC 280 at all. You're talking a different world, my friend, and I'm willing to venture wise when it comes to the business. Cause like for me, weed's always been like, I was a middle, I've never been really a grower, but I've always been a middle guy. I've always been a florist, but as a middle guy, there was no options back in the day. You're just like, this is what I got for a hundred bucks. I'll give it to you for 150. That was my. And I got by pretty well with that. But when it comes to overall, like now we're in this point with cannabis that people understand that it takes good nutrients and food, what you feed the plant and then you flush it and then you cure it. It's not and like a, everything and the lights and the carbon dioxide and then yeah, the newts circulation in the, in the room. So nothing sits right. There's a whole process that you have to be attentive to and the weed 
stands for itself, right? Like you can tell all oh, this person, but not a lot of people can because they don't get the experience of different quality cannabis as much or the chance to grow. That's why home grow is important. God damn it. Right on. Right on man. Yeah. All right. I think that Miggy has raised some good questions. If you have any questions, you can hit us up over at where I just shared in the comments. Before we head over to the New Hampshire news, you can find this is something that they got me into. Uh, it's called 5.me. You can go to 5.me backslash collateral base and ask your cannabis business question to me there. And then I'll answer it or not. And then I can use that to help make new videos and right. other content that's useful to people trying to get into the cannabis industry. So it's like a professional website? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting thing. And so it has like various user access roles. It, in theory, after if I'm do, diligent on it and I continue to answer like a lot of questions and people like ask me a lot of questions on it, I don't have a, a banner made up for it just yet, but I guess I can try to but, paste the URL in that banner and hit uh, add. And number then, five, F-I-B-E, there we go. That's five dot me backslash collateral base. And, and so that's where I'm going to answer questions. And then when I answer them a lot, then I'll know, oh, I should probably make that into a video because a lot of people are asking that question. And it's like, you know, everybody gets like a free question and then it's like a paid service because after a year or so, there might be thousands of different questions answered in various levels on that page. Oh, dude, I've used websites like that. I can't remember which ones, but for like mechanical issues, like for cars, you get like a mechanic on a line and you're like, hey, I'm seeing this. And sometimes I'll be taking pictures of it and then back and forth and that it helps yep it's all about making things that are useful so that everybody they want they want to get into the industry but they don't know like how much or a lot of stuff and they're trying to get a few things answered to before they make that evaluation of jumping in because a lot of people will jump in and they don't make that money back considering like i always wanted to have a weed business and then i think about where i'm at now and the time and energy like for a store a store like a restaurant, it's just, you first, you got to know the product that's out there. So put in a good product on the shelves. And then you got to ask yourself, like, what part of the food chain do you want to be? Do you want to be like the source food or do you want to be the one that hands it over? Right. And being the one that hands it over. Okay. But again, it just seems like you get tied down to a thing that unless you have the commitment and time, that's it right there. Yeah. It's like a job or something. Can you believe it? The cannabis industry is a freaking job. But lied to. Man. Fucking entrepreneurs, though, man. Like, I, everybody's trying to get out there and do something, which is great. I just, I couldn't imagine, like, the media thing takes up enough of my time, let alone trying to venture off to a store thing, like brick and mortar. But if we do ours, that'd be great, because then we can document some, like, real-world shit. Yep. This guy's asking, where can I ask you a question? Oh, it's over there. At... 5.me backslash collateral base. That's where you can find it. And then New Hampshire is going to get into the yeah. entrepreneurial game. New Hampshire has evidently legalized to, voted to legalize marijuana with no or little regulation. This is also out of the marijuana moment. The New Hampshire House of Representatives have approved another bill to legalize it in a state that contains no regulations or limitations on cannabis. Talk about a binary issue. Legalization? Yes. How? I will, we'll deal with those details later. What's the population of New Hampshire? I don't know. Cause I don't think it's that much, right? It's it isn't. 
I bet it's less than a million. It'd be interesting. Like, what if they just legalize it like Mexico, don't create infrastructure, but then people just open stores? It looks like they have a failure to legalize over there. Like, Representative Jody Newell has, and she's a Democrat out of New Hampshire, by the way. She recognizes that lawmakers have multiple bills attempting to legalize cannabis this session. We've been at this for years and are still struggling to get it done, she said. The people of New Hampshire favor legalization. So far, we have failed them. That is quality elected official representation. So if New Hampshire just didn't legislate, you're going to get it through and it can get voted upon by the people? That's right. Most of the states that remain are like that. And in crazy, I had no idea it was that many news. Population of New Hampshire is actually 1.4 million people. Yeah, small city. That populations. Yeah, see, it's a small city. Dude, it's a million people in the size of a dot on the map. Probably really dense. It would be nice to have a dispensary in those locations. If you have that much population density. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I mean, it would definitely be fruitful. Getting traffic. Definitely. But if there's no regulations and it's just like a coffee shop, then you're... But if you are the best coffee shop in town, you will make money. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I mean, you can have a good store. I just... To me, it seems like you got to have to drop everything and fingers crossed and hope for the best and it works out. Uh, the systems. And then there's people that have already done it before and get them involved. And so, yeah, I would, we would, uh, so we win. There's going to be a management contract involved. I already have it. I know who I'm putting in charge. I'm not oh, no, asking stuff. I, and so you'd be like, hey, because think about this. There's a limit on how many dispensaries you're allowed to have in the state of Illinois where we applied. When we're 55 other motherfuckers applied as well. And then you are open to do that until April 21st. So if you are super social equity, like Maggie, you're eligible to apply. We advise you to do it single member and then call us after you win. We'll help you out. And so the thing is that because you're only allowed 10, all the big boys already have 10. You know what they could use? 40% shelf space. Why? Because the statute says the most you can put, even in your own dispensary, is 40% of your own product. Weird. So every time you put another 40% shelf space agreement in place, it's like you open up a brand new dispensary. Okay. You don't even have to fart, you have to ship, but you just get all the cash. You don't get none of the uh, the overhead costs and the liabilities. So you guys is done in April, the, the, the cutoff? <sighs> yeah, they extended it, man. They extended it on March 10th, the day that I was like, okay, everybody get in. You're going to yeah. start crashing the website. No, it takes you five minutes. You remember, we did a video on it. And I would say Washington State's uh, cutoff is the uh, 30th. So you have 10 days to do Washington State if you meet the two out of three, which I did. Get in for Washington State, too. It yeah. will help you out. Just say, like, because there's probably producers. Do they, are they allowed shelf space agreements in Washington State? I don't know a lot of the. I know that you're a cloistered industry. Not, I, I, you know what? I don't know if it's consignment either. Some of the agreements. I don't know how they're doing it. It's all according to regulation. But I know yeah. that you can't have, you can't own both sides of the aisle. You ha- it's no. like New York. So you have to be a retailer or you have to be a grower or producer. And uh, that, uh, that is a pickle. Because then how do you, can I do a shelf space agreement in Washington State? Or is that? crossing the streams like you know, the parlance of ghostbusters yeah i don't know what the because they try their best to like nickel and dime these guys so i don't i, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some rule about that but we should get know. we'll reach out and we'll get a lawyer from washington state on the show and then uh, yeah interview him or her we'll do a little uh, oh hang on 
Let me hit the, what time it is, and then yes. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Dude. Is this your homegirl? Oh, no, this is from No, Oklahoma. that's from Oklahoma. And so I, I, can, I do not have the ability to grow that. I do not have the tools or the talent to grow that. But, yeah, it's high-quality stuff. I'm not really sure. It's a new strain, let's say. Okay. And, I, and it's probably no more than three years old. Comes out of SoCal. Oh. Um, yeah. From popular growers? Very popular growers. Some of the most popular growers. I'm trying to throw that little hint out there. And then you could always put it to parents if they have that up with the parents being, try to find it. Oh, there it is. Animal face OG crossed with something that totally gives it away. I think that was what you just. Yeah. What was it? I mean, I don't like it. I look at the name. Forgot what it was for a second. Good strains. No, oh, it's not blue Oreo. I hear something about Oreos coming for 2020, late 2023. Hash bud, no. Also not runs. Something from the Jungle Boys. Well, we got a close one. Nope. Almost. No, oh, yeah. This one is almost, yeah. There is an animal in one of its parents. And animal cookies is pretty close, but no. And yeah, it is, it's a very sweet smelling strain. It's, it's, it's pretty good though. It's great. Nice. Nice. That's what you'd be spoken on? That one was a few days ago. This one's apples and bananas. Hey, I have some sour cream and onions. So not animal mints. It's extremely dense. It's got really dark purples in it. Frosty as hell. Probably over 30% THC and 3 to 6% terpenes. Huge nose on it. And is a hybrid indica from the Jungle Boys. Yeah, St. Kansas. <laughs> Animal Run Snow. It is. Uh, let me let me pull this up, and then also another link. For the guys, why don't you fill time, Miggy? I don't have my links up, unfortunately. It is the. Are you sharing it right now? No. Oh, I got the page up. All right, go for it. Let me see. Oh, I had it up. There it goes. Never mind. Yeah, I got. It. So it is Animal Tsunami from Jungle Boys. It sounds yummy, dude. So you got some from OK, huh? Yep. There's some high-quality cultivators out there, and they were growing that strain. It is phenomenal. I'm going to copy this link address, and hey, but then this one is brought to you. So if you guys want, you can find us on Linktree, and it'll lead to here where you can get some decent seeds. However. I don't know if you can get that strain. That's going to be a hard strain to find in seed. Is well, are they selling it? No, they don't sell. They don't sell their seeds today. Let me just Mason here. There's there's the link tree, and so go over there. Like our schedules on it, you can just book some time about that. Right. So we got some stock stocks. We already did the stock news. We got another pot of stocks. It's all stocks, right? It's all money. A lot of it's money. A lot of it is. Oh, this is the SEC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is stock. Pot stocks. The SEC is going to start charging a cannabis company with fraud. Again. 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 The United States Securities and Exchange Commission this week issued fraud charges against cannabis company 
American Patriot Brands, its CF, CEO, and five others allegedly funneling investor funds into personal accounts and expenses. This is nothing that other companies haven't had before. Liars taking your money, putting it in their pocket, not delivering squat. Thank goodness we have the SEC there to sue and um, go after scumbags that lie, cheat, and steal. So they're actually... In this industry or in any industry, it was nice. Back in my old days when I was a bank lawyer, yeah, the co- the bank would call after the another company because it was called a commercial lending. No humans, just businesses. Mm. Uh, and if something had gone wrong, the money's missing. Let's go find them. But this is actually, though, like they're actually going after like people who are raising funds for like farms and stuff. Is that what they're doing? The SEC complaint alleges that the defense raised more than 30 mil from over 100 investors and enrich themselves by funneling that money into personal accounts and spending tens of thousands on executive personal expenses. So there you go. Make sure you read your, I'm not sure if this was a a subscription agreement to like a membership interest in an LLC. It says the defendants for this LLC and that LLC. Yeah. Then the other thing you would use is usually some type of offering memorandum if you're selling securities like stocks. Is the SEC kind of wants to enable a, Schedule one, if they're saying, hey, that's fraud, they don't have to, they don't even, they can, but they don't have to bring the criminal charges. It's the SEC. I don't think they have the authority to bring the criminal charges. I think that's the Department of Justice. They are only enforcing financial crime, like fraud. It just seems to me if they're raising funds for a farm, a cannabis farm, the precedent says it should be allowed, right? I don't know. I just think that's, that wasn't their beef. Their beef wasn't that they're raising funds. Their beef was the kind of the company that was raising the $30 million was yeah. funneling it into their own accounts as opposed to being a fiduciary, a shareholder of the corporation of that money to and put it to work. And yeah. then, of course, at the end of the day, there's a profit and then you could take a distribution on that. But that's completely different than taking the investments, paying for personal expenses, just putting into your personal accounts, that's commingling of funds. That's all sorts of actions that, you know, you're not, those are no-nos. No, I get it. But could you be like, that's a cost of business? Like I got to eat too. There is a, there's a fair way to do that. And there's a fair way to document it. And they aren't, they clearly are going beyond the pale, pale of that. Yeah. I just, I just find it funny. Like I, the fact that someone with intentions in the cannabis uh-huh. raising my towards a, a grower garden that is. Then it's very, see, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm looking at it like math and like business. Like it has nothing to do. And so like they claim, the SEC is they claim that uh, Lee, Paulius and Rice since the mid 2016 made false and misleading statements to investors about various aspects of their company, including its financial condition, the scope of its operations, the value of its farm, safety and security of investing in the company. So therefore, like they are taking, like, do you have yeah. any idea how many people understand how to do discounted cash flow analysis? It's yeah, no so Lying about it then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. They're following false paperwork. That's the problem right there. I That's mean, they're lying. And so they're, yeah. they, and then the SEC is like, no, you're, this is bullshit. And you're just taking their money and then you're using it and they weren't making a return. And so then it's also commingling. Commingling is where you take the investor money and you just put it in your own pocket. As opposed to you take the investor money, you pay yourself a salary, you use your salary's money to put that goes in your pocket. And so if they are just, straight robbing the bank and that's why we have the SEC.
Got you. No, it, it makes sense. I just find it funny. It it is, yeah. Or ironic would be the thing. It's not unusual. It's in, in the industry. And so it's business has liars in it. And it, it doesn't matter that if it's a cannabis business, if it's crypto, if it's tech, whatever industry it is, there's bullshit artists in there. But say like someone was to raise money for, I don't know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to create this mind reading device. Like give me full of bullshit for like forever, unless you actually do put money towards scientists and technology and all the other right. stuff. But it just seems like. When a fool and their money is separated, like the SEC would be like, Hey, it's not legal. So it's not our business. It has to do with the lies. And so Detention. it's nice that we have, it. it's easier for us to raise money and it's easier for us to have companies that can grow because we have regulators like that, that put them, that, that requires them to a, at least a certain level, be honest. Yeah. You're still going to get paywalled a shitload. Yeah, especially with those the large amounts of monies. I can only imagine how many millions they walked away with. You want to do the normal? Let's see, yeah. Why don't we do the normal.org? You go, you got that one queued up? Yeah, is that a, would that be a, a shit I didn't see coming? Yeah, it's going to be some shit that I didn't see coming. Coming out normal. Study clinicians more likely to order drug tests for black newborns. Just uh, hypocrisy. Yeah. Let's see. So according to the data published in the journal JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association Network Open, mm -hmm. research affiliated at the University of Michigan assessed rates of infant drug testing in a cohort of 26,000 newborn children. A lot of babies. Study finds racial disparities in newborn testing unrelated to obstetrical risk, baby risk. That is, that is what I would like to call a Harvard word right there. Good luck pronouncing that one. <laughs> you have to be a doctor to do it. But in, in a sense that just because no, uh, the baby didn't seem less off. That's the, uh, obstetrician. But like, how do you, obstetrical? That was the way to, Sure. That, that, Whatever that. they're supposed to be observing. But yeah, it's just more of the prejudice that people have towards black people. They're like, yeah. oh, no, it said it, it was also disproportionately Hispanic or African-American. Yeah. So these, the optochestrix, which is not how you pronounce it, by the way. So the test a cohort of 26,000 newborn children and the parents of the Hispanics and African-Americans were more likely to have child welfare called for drug tests. It's the same thing as when you get pulled over and smell mm. the issue. Oh, yes. One of the nice things about the Kentucky bill, have we gone over the Kentucky bill yet? I think I we did. have that coming up. Come yeah, on. let's go. Let's, this is said people have biases just latent biases everywhere blatant news latent and blatant the biases but this next one is interesting because it's good news out of kentucky so let's do some good news out of kentucky the kentucky senate has passed a bill to legalize medical marijuana and i was going over this bill this law it, it is SB, what is it? SB 47? Yes. SB 47. The measure SB 77 is now headed to the House. So it's out of the Senate, over to the House with very strong majorities. We passed it in the House two times with very strong majorities, they say. And they have very serious prospects this year after the Senate vote. So if it's already passed before and a couple of times in the House, let's hope it does one more time. 
Now, this won't take effect until 2025, so they are punting on when it becomes effective. However, they put in that bill, because I pulled it down to try to check out what's going to go on in that application, yeah. there's protections for the odors. Odors aren't oh. probable cause anymore. So then those biases to smell that stuff after that pullover with also more biases and cannot be used as for searching and seizure. Well, that's provided that it still comes out at the other end, because if it still has to go to the house and if the house has an issue with any of that, that's just a problem with this parliamentary procedure that we go through, right? Yes, but they said the house has already passed it with two strong majorities earlier this year. And so the, the hangup had been the Senate and now the Senate's passed uh, it. So now they, the Senate made some changes. Not a lot yeah. of changes, but some changes. And so it's not like a perfect bill yet. So now hopefully their house passes it. We report on that next week. I didn't see any limits on the number of licenses they were going to give either. But I need to recheck because I just did a quick, it's like a 130 page statute. Sure. What's the, uh, do you know, does it allow, like, is it giving caps on TAC bullshit yep. or, oh yeah. Yeah, but 35%. So oh, like, that's right. have to grow like the best shit to hit your head on that number. I think you have to go to the worst lab to measure your shit. It's, I don't know. I think, I bet that'll be an interesting, we get more into the industry in the coming years doing like an episode of cannabis legalization news about, is that really 35%? And then walking people through the tests. And so we gave this sample to three different labs. And of course, like the weed is going to be really nice. I think a big one for that is that's the kind of stuff the AS, ASTM is working on. They're working on DUI, like what is intoxication, what right. like, like the actual values of measurement for. Right. So, I mean, that, cause I honestly don't believe anything more than say 25%. I just, all the testing varies. When you see a 28%, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking smoke it. Yeah. Whatever. But then. I mean, like a very nice strain, like a Borat. That's a strain because it's very nice. Can that strain pass? Can we get a strain that gets over 35%? But you hedge your bets. You call, you take the sample that you use, the very nice part of the Borat, the nicest part of the nice. And then you would get 10 grams or whatever your lot is. If you have to get more than 10 grams, maybe it's 10 grams per test. And send it out to three, five different labs. See what they come in at. Like you have a cohort study. It's like, Hey, I got five. I didn't just go once. I'm not forum shopping. Yeah. It's also how they do it. Right. Is it spectrography? Are they doing gas? What are they looking at? The TC age, some break it down to all that different components of, is it really necessary? I don't think so. I think terpenes, at least just an overall like TAC, CBD or whatever. And then pesticides, number one, and metals and shit. Those are very important. Those are yeah. very important. But then people love the THC percentages and they also like to know how much it costs. And so those are the two most popularly asked. And then it's like, yeah. smell like, and like, how does it taste? What's it do? But it, very often it's price, THC, everything else. And that's why we have ignorant consumers who don't understand the flushing, the curing, the time it takes. Great, good cannabis that like, I can breathe like oxygen as an asthmatic. We have right. to keep it all really clean. Yeah. And then this is the other part of the Kentucky story that we need to play, pay heed to as this heed comes here. Like frustrated by years of inaction, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir lifted the state's ban on medical cannabis last year. Bashir's action allows Kentuckians to possess medical cannabis for specified conditions 
purchased legally in other states, like for example, like Illinois. They need wow. to ha- keep their receipt proof of the need certification from a licensed healthcare provider to verify they have the actual qualifying. That is an administration that wants to sign the law. Yeah. When you have an administration that wants to sign the law and a law that can actually make it to their desk, much more likely that it's going to move forward. The opposite is Virginia. And so in the South, this would be mm. another nice little, the importance of an administration as to how legalization can go. We could talk about Ms. Nope up in, I think she's South Dakota, whatever the person oh. who like overruled the vote of the people and went up to their Supreme Court. And then also Glenn Young. Yeah. In the Carolinas. You got the, I think South Carolina is the one with the issues right now. North Carolina is, I think, making more progress, I believe. Yeah, but now we're reporting on states like that. That's how we're getting close. Five more years. Five more years, I think. For a federal law of the land. Yep. And this is something we need to do more on. Delhi style. We need to create <laughs> a new amendment to all of the cannabis laws throughout the country. Cannabis is not a consumer packaged good. It isn't. It's strawberries. And it strawberry is. shortcake is a consumer packaged goods. Strawberries yeah. is a horticultural product that, you know, you buy at the produce aisle. And as a result, the deli style of cannabis is also better for the cure and the flavor because you're not going to be taking it out until it is ready to serve to the end consumer. Dude, back in the day when I was medical here, I just... There would be jars full behind a person, whatever latest thing they just purchased, and you're just like, they open the jars for you. And then moreover, yeah, packaging, waste. Yeah, exactly. Wasteful is the eighths that we currently have because we're a consumer packaged goods society. How wasteful is that? You could have your own jar, they could weigh it, put it into your jar, and you could leave. That's how we used to do it. You could reuse your own jar, people. Yeah. So it's better for the quality and it's also better for the environment that should be a regulatory amendment to illinois bill it should be a regulatory amendment to washington state's bill to california's bill the problem is the whole what about the children that we gotta make it in a ziploc package you can't get into the dispensary unless they show id yeah that's what i'm saying we just we shoot ourselves in the foot with bullshit the packaging is just bad but it doesn't make for the highest quality product no. They all suffer as a result. Yeah. But hey, it's been great, but I think I'm going to lay down now. Awesome, dude. I can throw hey, everybody, throw Miggy some likes and some love and wish him well down in the comments. He had a laparoscopic procedure. Is that how we pronounce that? Or is that, uh, I need Lacros- a doctor with all these terms. Yeah, laparoscopic. Yeah, it's just, uh, I got four little tiny knife wounds and it's just really bruised, but I'm getting better. It'd be fine. But yeah, I'm just oh, so sore. So. We'll try not to sneeze or laugh too much and uh, get some rest. We'll see you guys real soon on another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Hang out for the next one, which will be starting in about three, two, one second.